Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing podcast. The show all about digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing. Brought to you by Socialink, a digital marketing agency specializing in social media and content marketing for brave brands and forward thinking SMEs. I'm your host, Chris Bruno. And as always, we're here to bring you the most actionable tips, tricks, tools, and insights to help you achieve more when it comes to your digital marketing. Subscribe to the show and be sure to share with a friend if you found something useful or interesting. You can find all the show notes and more information on www.allaboutdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Gary Lewis, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for the invite. Much appreciated. Well, we've uh, we've met a couple of times now. We've spoken previously in the past as well, but I'm glad to have you here and so that we can talk a little bit about freelancers. But before we get into that, can you give a little bit of an introduction as to who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah, I'm Gary Lewis. Um, you may know me as Gary Does Copy um, on Twitter. Um, I use that uh, on LinkedIn as well. Um, I'm a freelance copywriter. I, I, if I have to go down the niche route, I'd have to say B2B in tech. Although, um, whether you agree with it or not, I am a generalist. Uh, I think I'm a creative copywriter as well. But in terms of getting bookings and stuff, uh, recruiters want to know what you've been doing recently. And it always kind of slots into a nice category. I like the um the, the need to niche down. It seems to be a, a very big focus for for a lot of people these days. It is. Um, I've kind of made my piece with it because it's my bread and butter. Uh, but I think that if you've got the skill set, i.e., writing and some knowledge of marketing or advertising or variety of sectors, and the experience reflects that, then other people should be open to it as well. But, you know, everyone's got to do their job. And if it makes it easier to put you in a box, then so be it. But I don't think it's necessarily damaging my prospects. So emotionally, I am a generalist copywriter and um, I enjoy creating visuals to go with a copy, creating spec ads by one-minute briefs. Um, but, yeah, as I say, my niche is probably in tech which i've grown to love <laughs> i think uh, one minute briefs is now becoming the platform that gets the most shout outs on this podcast ever um <laughs> can't, and for, can't help but not yeah well absolutely and i think it's for a good reason as well it's a great community it's how we met as well um and i think <laughs> every day i just am blown away by a creative uh, bunch of people just doing incredible things and it's just uh, it is fantastic in that sense so if you haven't checked that out yet feel free it's on twitter uh, just simply look for one minute briefs and you'll probably find gary and ourselves here at social inc uh, all jumping in with whatever that day's brief would be yeah it's i mean it's given me a lot it's given me a lot back uh being part of the community i won't turn this into an ad one briefs because uh it's growing on its own legs anyway but like you say we met um i've recently been i've had referrals um for work as well through some of the um quote unquote onboards so it goes beyond the kind of creative platform and it's it's become a network of sorts actually for kind of recognizing people's strengths and bringing people in on board you know it's it's, it's been quite a, a boon to me 
Well, to be fair, I mean, until Nick sponsors it officially, the podcast that is, um, we're going to stop talking about OMB. But at the same time, we are massive fans. And uh, and again, yeah. we uh, we absolutely love the community. So we're going to carry on supporting it whichever ways we can as well. Um, and again, for any freelancers listening to this, definitely check it out. Even if you're more focused on long format writing or anything else, it's a great creative exercise for you to do every day. It'll help build your portfolio. And again, just like Gary said, it's a huge network. It's, it really is becoming like a family. So it's well worth checking out. Um, okay, that's enough about OMB and Nick. Uh, I'll send you an invoice if you are listening. But more importantly, Gary, talk to us a little bit about yourself. So as a freelancer, how do you market yourself? What are the things that you're doing most at the moment? Uh, I think most is maybe a, an overambitious term. Um, the, the Getting the day work is... Uh, is hard enough. I'm active on LinkedIn. I don't post up regularly, so I'm kind of stealthy in that way, but I know I could be doing more. So what I've done is built a, a network on LinkedIn of recruiters, other copywriters, uh, and agencies as well. Um, I also dip into Twitter, but that's definitely more conversational. Um, I've recently joined the King, uh, Kingston Chamber of Commerce, and I've got a kind of action plan going forward as to how I'm going to ingratiate myself in the wider business community. Um, but in terms of actual marketing outputs, it is tough doing it for yourself, especially if you're creative, I think, because you're probably just focused on whatever the job at hand is, especially if you're a freelancer. So I know I could be doing more and I do have ideas, but it's finding the time to sit down and do it. But I basically try and maintain uh, a fairly vocal presence on um, social channels. It's good. It's quite funny, actually, and I'm not sure why it happens um, or why we've seen more of it through through the freelance point of view. But I actually think agencies are quite guilty of this as well. We get caught up in the day to day of the client work. And we give mm. our all. We give absolutely everything we have. So we'll be creative, we'll be fun, we'll be engaging, we'll start conversations, we'll get involved in other conversations. And then when it comes mm. to sort of marketing ourselves, and it's something that we reviewed massively early this year um, and really sort of changed the way that we were doing. But freelancers and agencies, just I feel like we could all be doing more to have more conversations. Definitely agree. I'd agree with the uh, agency aspect as well. I've had conversations with some recruiters who may feel kind of restricted in a role and what they can do. Um, I think LinkedIn is becoming more of a social network in terms of just more than just connecting businesses, etc. I think individuals on there are definitely um, putting their best life forward, as it were. So even, even people like recruiters are putting out their own voice and content for you to engage with, uh, even if it's just to kind of get you hooked and through the door. So it's just about adding a bit of personality. Uh, but I do have a plan in my head. It's just literally executing it. You know, it's, it's tying it all together. And it's also having to find the time and probably factoring in costs to defer to finding the right agency or the right supporting kind of partner in those endeavors because we can't do it all ourselves chris well this is uh, this is true and it does become uh, a full-time job as well which is can well, can be a very very big problem um okay so talking about the social medias and the different networks and stuff like that what's your favorite network and why um i like 
actually i really like linkedin it's it's uh it's a strange one that i've seen it kind of uh my career has grown in parallel with the way uh linkedin has grown so i think it was quite dry and corporate but five years ago five six years ago when i started copywriting and as i said there's definitely personality on there there's definitely more kind of conversational it's still quite it's quite celebratory as well on an individual level as well or agencies or businesses or campaigns i think it's um quite a nice route to getting where you want to be and you know there's one kind of branch that i look out for which is having a safe search on say freelance copywriter and it's sometimes fastest fingers first. But if you are joining those conversations more and, and making the right connections, then you'll get to the top of the pile quicker, even if there are 28 people behind you saying me, 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 and putting their hands up for the same role. So I think it's a, it's a really good way of um, starting conversations, uh, nurturing them, and just basically going from cold to warm to hot eventually. And there's a lot of great content on there as well. I think the interesting thing that you added there was the eventually, um, which so many people have not quite got the hang of yet. Yeah. Uh, and especially I find this on LinkedIn. So I was talking with um, on the podcast a couple of episodes ago with Xenia from uh, the CEO of Planable. And she was talking about it as well. And then the same with us. Both of us had an absolute pet hate for people who connect uh, with, mm. with us on LinkedIn. And then literally within minutes, we get the pitch. And even worse than that are the people that send the pitch in the connection request, which just doesn't work. You know, we want to think or we want to feel like we know people. And that's why I think that the eventually that you added there, you know, you take people from being a cold lead and you nurture that into becoming a warm lead Mm. and then they become a hot lead or even better. If you're, if you're having these interesting conversations and you're constantly showing up, those touch points, I think are far more Mm. important for either a freelancer or a business owner to have so that the day that they do think, I need someone to help me with copy. They don't then think, who do I know? Who don't I know? Or who should I put this to or anything else? They automatically go, yeah, Gary does copy. In fact, (laughs) that's exactly why the the name is so good. But um, that, that kind of building that relationship is something that so many people have just completely forgotten about. They think you can connect with either a cold email where you're pitching me something or a cold message on LinkedIn and that I'm going to go, thank you so much for messaging me. If it wasn't for you, I don't know what I would have done today in terms of link building, cryptocurrency investing or whatever other crap it is that you're selling me today. Exactly. I mean, I've had some uh, random connects as well. It's, it, 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 the kind of um, message equivalent of when you get uh, one of those robo calls for accident um, accident uh, claim lines. It, they're, they're so clever now and finesse you know, that you say hello and then it starts its spill. Well, you connect with someone and then there may be like paragraph of a human who's uh, written your message and then they just launch into like you say a pitch whether it's a, a job role that has absolutely nothing to do with you uh you know if they look to your profile they know you're not going to be a fit or just spamming you for something like come to this event you know again that doesn't really <laughs> just, uh, doesn't fit on your radar but yeah I've, i get it but i suppose it's just like a kind of digital version of the sales world or the traditional old sales model you know just all those kind of cold leads and but you're right with the tools are there for uh, and there's enough advice out there as well god there's a thousand 
top five lists on how to you know win at LinkedIn. That it's really quite obvious, and shame on anyone who isn't doing it properly. Yeah, I, I, so the old traditional roots, uh, and I can always remember this. It stuck with me so much back in these days. But it was about fifteen, sixteen years ago. I went for a job with Honda here in the UK uh, oh, yeah. to um, to be involved in the B two B B two B sales department, leasing for cars, vehicles, commercial, whatever. And um, the guy who was interviewing me said to me, "Because what's your biggest tool?" Or what's the, the best tool in your toolkit when it comes to this job? And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of on the spot, fairly young back then, 15 years ago, mm. um, and basically kind of sat there thinking to myself, right, what's my best tool? This is a proper trick interview question. <laughs> so I ended up going down the route of, you know, my ability to build relationships with people and start talking and have conversations, you know, to nurture that. And exactly what we've always talked about, the principle of you go from a cold lead to a warm to a hot lead. Yeah. Um, and he turned around and said to me, no, no, that's not the best tool in your toolkit. The best tool in your toolkit is the yellow pages. And literally my face, my heart, everything dropped. I didn't end up taking that job. Mm. I was offered it, which was great, but I didn't end up taking that job. Uh, and about a year and a half later, um, two years later, I think I actually started the agency uh, or whenever it was, 11 years ago. Um, and literally I remember that conversation and just feeling so disheartened that that is honestly what a sales director would feel would be the best way of doing this is picking up your the yellow pages and just calling people out of the blue to try and flog them something. Well, I mean, going back to what I was saying about um, how I'm arguing myself, or rather what I'm about to do, which is put some content out and kind of connect with the right people um, through my local chamber of converse, they've got a directory. I could, I could have taken that yellow pages approach, or I could. Uh, but I actually spoke to the director, had a good chat with him, and he said, take the time to create something that shows the brand exactly what you do in a creative way. So when you do have that conversation, you're not just putting it straight up front and you can let them know. And you can be selective about uh, how and when uh, you talk to people. So it's about identifying your audience as well, rather than a kind of scattergun approach. Yeah, and I and I couldn't agree more with that. And the thing is, so we all talk about it on social media a lot, but you know, adding value, giving value to your audience, having a reason why somebody should read, listen, whatever it might be. Um, and it's a message that gets repeated a hundred times a day by all sorts of people all over. But it's something that we often forget when it comes to just basic social conduct. Um, I did a talk for WeWork Labs recently for a few startups, uh, and basically we were having the conversation of putting the social back into social media. And one of the examples is, you know, you want to start dating someone. You don't start by saying to them, let's get married and buy a house and have a couple of kids and get a dog named Spot. You start by actually saying, hi, like, tell me a little bit about you. What do you do? What do you like to do? Who are you up? What are you sort of doing? It, you build up this relationship and the same thing is true whether it be online or offline and it's something that really has been lost a little bit by both i wouldn't just say freelancers but small businesses even some big businesses where they mm. forget that actually social media gives us this huge platform a huge amount of people to potentially connect with and the ability to have a conversation with all these people and it's something that's really really getting lost i'd say with people pushing out offers, people trying to spam your, your LinkedIn inbox by saying, yeah, you know, you can buy this now today or whatever it might be. And I think that's a shame. I think the conversation and again, getting to know your audience is part and parcel of any good relationship, especially when it comes to business and when you're asking people to hand over money. I absolutely agree. Um, I think the pressures of social, uh, probably for any kind of business, small or large, 
is and you, you can uh, confirm or deny this is the kind of pressure to put out content and i think unless you're putting out the right content you know a you can damage your brand b you're probably not going to reach the right people and it's not the right message either so the potential is there to reach a lot of people at once but again you have to be selective and nurture a relationship it, there is the pressure there it's, it's uh, I've, I've felt it from um brands or uh, agencies or businesses that have used me and it's you know quote unquote the churn it's like well i want to do my best work for you but if you're going to dilute it because you need to get another blog out next week and a week after that and it's not quality enough well nothing's really going to land absolutely and something that you know we talk to to businesses on a daily basis I can remember one meeting, and I think I've referred to this before on the podcast, but literally having a conversation with a company, turning over some serious money, we're talking in the millions, uh, and me asking them about their social media, having looked and done a bit of research, understanding that it's not working the way they wanted it to, it's not getting picked up the way they wanted it to. So we had this conversation, and I said, well, okay, so you know, you're paying somebody to do this for you currently, and they're like that, yeah. I said, okay, great. How well are you doing? And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, what was the goal in the first place? And yeah. how close are you to achieving that goal? And literally the phone call just went deadly quiet. And literally yeah. you could hear that kind of penny drop moment going, holy sh, I'm not going to swear. I'm trying not to swear on the podcast. But these people suddenly realize that, you know, the churn and for content creators, it can be hard because sometimes, yes, we do need to keep going through a quiet patch or whatever might be happening. But the mm. honest truth is there's businesses out there that are just churning out stuff on social media, inverted commas, because they think they need to, but they don't realize that it's actually a tool that can be used to, to achieve goals, whether that be you know, getting new sign-ups to your, to your mail list, whether that be starting conversations, whether that be getting feedback from an app or a product, whatever it might be, but all of those things can be used. And I think that's the, the secondary part, which I wanted to pick up on what you said there, you know, mm. not not creating quality content means that it's a one and done kind of system. So yeah. you create a blog, you push it out, and then you forget all about it. A good blog piece should be being referred to and should be linked back to and should be posted on your social media, not once, but five, 10, 15, 20, 100 times in the next year, for example, if it's good, valuable content that people will want to read. And that's something that's really important. That's what your, your point was there. Turning for the sake of turning equals zero results and probably a, a load of money spent for no reason. Um, whereas actually creating something that's worthwhile and something for a good lifeline and a good, um, uh, um, a good lifetime sort of value to people, that means that you can then use that and reuse it from weight. Um, yeah, in, in terms of churn, it, it's, it's hard to create what I suppose many people call thumb-stopping content, and that takes a lot of kind of creative uh, effort and ingenuity to, you know, to make it pop, whatever you want to call it or do. But it does have to be regular, and it does have to engage. And I don't think there's any kind of – but there's no excuse for anyone who is putting content out at any level not to be able to follow up with even the basics kind of analytical tools. Because kind of getting those data insights, even if it's just kind of performance metrics on your Twitter posts, you know, to get them vanity metrics like your likes and retweets, although that, obviously that helps reach, um, you really want to dig down into it. And then it helps you reshape future efforts. And 
I think a lot of people aren't doing it, even though, like we say, all the tools are there for anyone to create content, measure it, and then adapt it, and then uh, rework their strategy, depending on how well it's worked or what they need to do to get people into that funnel. Absolutely. And like you mentioned, you know, we don't really care about the vanity metrics, but knowing and understanding what sort of content your audience resonates with and what sort of content they like and what sort of content they share more than anyone else or anything else, that's valuable insight. And I'm not saying that all your effort should be directly, uh, directly linked to your previous experience or your previous stats, but it's a great starting point to really get a feel for and understand what it is that you should be focusing on and what it is that you should be creating. Mm, definitely. I mean, um, I'm not a huge fan of targeted ads on uh, Facebook, but they do serve its purpose when they're done well. I mean, I'm a sucker for a sale, um, you know, close sales, stuff like that. You've got a nice little carousel, you'll hook me in. But yesterday, uh, the wife and I were looking for a new car and uh, we're doing some research online. And within five minutes of doing those searches, on Facebook, we were targeted with, um, yeah, car uh, app, car finding app um, content. And one actually stood out quite well. Uh, so I'm going to go back to that website. So when it's done well and it's not intrusive, then, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a good part of your toolkit. And so it, it really is quite obvious who's putting the effort in and who isn't. I'd agree with that. And I think that's something whereby, um, especially for small businesses, startups, and new apps and everything else, when something actually stands out to us, and we're probably a really bad example of the audience in reality, the fact that anyone working even slightly within creative ads or, or anything like the marketing sector, we look at things in a different way. We start analyzing and, and really sort you of digging deep and, and sort of, no, we, well, you can't help it. And it's exactly that. We do it because we're interested mm-hmm. in it. And then you can't even analyze it a little bit as to why they're doing this or mm-hmm. what the demographics going to be. And why would we go down that route? Wow, that's awful. Um, but the thing is, we're critical in that and not necessarily knowing or seeing the results of the campaign means that we can't really dictate whether it's a great idea or a terrible idea. Sometimes we're, uh, we're proven wrong uh, on sort of epic scales and the worst possible thing actually does the best or the thing that we thought would be worth better than, than, than others but the thing that's interesting is like you said it's standing out and this is where you know freelancers and this new lifestyle mm. choice of, of business or work wise you know i don't want to be a corporate mm. drone i never have uh, i started my own agency since 2017 now uh, sorry end of 2016 we've been completely decentralized and we have no offices yeah. uh, everybody works from home or coffee shops or wherever they want to um and actually you know there's a huge talent pool out there that's available to businesses big and small um and you know whether you go to to the higher end of, of freelancers or copywriting or creatives for example or even if you're just looking for some help getting started and you're using platforms like Upwork, freelancer and um, stuff like that where you can actually find skill set and it can help you with one particular part of what it is that you're doing and i think that's a huge opportunity that probably actually not enough businesses take advantage of. Would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, uh, sticking to, like you say, those traditional models of, you know, you have to be seen to like be on site to be productive. Um, I mean, from what I've 
worked hard at, like I say, on LinkedIn and building those connections and um, and building kind of work rate around it. It's more people who live their life uh, or business online and who know how to navigate it. Um, but definitely, I mean, there's a couple of initiatives, if you want to call them, groups that I've joined and um, just because I like their model, uh, Future Strategy Club and the Hoxby Collective in particular, um, I've you know I've, I've got in with those guys. I haven't actually worked with them yet. Uh, that's my fault. <laughs> but their model is basically irrespective of gender, age, ethnicity, disability, etc. They have a pool of talent globally that they can pull together for any size client in an international or global brand to build a team and to actually work remotely and to get the job done i mean bricks and mortar are just i don't know it's nice to walk into a nice office and understand if you're a client you, you want to get that kind of context of this is where they live i.e home but realistically if it boils down to the work that gets done like you say that can be done anywhere and there is there are uh, there are many freelancer platforms where you can find the right people. You've probably got the bottom of the barrel, like Fiverr, which I think every freelancer has probably at least registered on or dabbled with uh, at some point. Um, all the way up to, like I say, newer initiatives like Hoxby. Yeah, and I think that's it, it's a huge opportunity. Um, I think this probably brings me on to an interesting topic, or at least for me it is anyway. I always find this interesting. For small businesses, and I include freelancers, solopreneurs, uh, anything like that, where people are just being started, I feel that there's a little bit of fear in terms of putting yourself out there. Um, and other people have said the same thing. Some people don't want to be the champion of their own business, or, um, or you know, especially when you're a solopreneur, you're a small business, mm. there is only really you when you first start. And you have to kind of become the champion of your business. And I feel like the, the fear element is what usually stops people. But I'd like your opinion on this, and especially for freelancers as well. You know, mm -hmm. if you're doing this and it's all about you, you know, getting yourself out there as much as possible is surely a, a huge benefit to you and to the business and to what you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, I think it, it would be easy to say that you have to be a certain kind of person or person that have a certain personality to be a freelancer but the bottom line is you do need a bit of a thick skin especially if you're a solopreneur or it's just you you know like me or if you're a designer you know freelance designer any other creative that's just working on their own um, you have to have uh, a thick skin and a degree of resilience definitely because no no one else is fighting your corner so it is trying to tie all those things together marketing yourself and being in uh, kind of copywriter groups on Facebook as well, you see a lot of people ask uh, the same questions or they get stuck on, I'm great at marketing other people, but it really sucks trying to write about myself. And it is true. It is difficult. But, you, you know, you can be objective and stand back. Not everyone has that problem, but it is a challenge for a lot of people. So it's trying to wear all the hats at once. And there's fear of rejection. There's definitely fear of failing. And there's fear of being lost as well, you know, not, not knowing what to do or what the right thing is. You know, people, can, people give up their careers because they haven't uh, succeeded at it or they just didn't maybe approach it the right way. 
I was going to just pick up on the um, the, the thick skin thing, and I think it's yeah. it's not just true for for the business side. It's not just true for selling or marketing yourself or anything else. But I think that's pretty much the key to everything. Um, mm. You know, because we talk when we talk with businesses, and we'll say things like, for example, videos. Videos are a great opportunity. If you're not currently using them, then you're missing out on something that's absolutely huge right now. Uh, and people will say to us, no, no, we've tried video. It didn't work for us. And I'll say, great. Okay. Well, how many videos did you create and, and what did you do with them and how did you try? And they'll say, well, we created one video or two videos and they didn't work. So we stopped doing it. And I'll sit there and be thinking to myself, you know, wow, that's basically like the door to door salesman <laughs> saying I did the first couple of houses and I gave yeah. up because this is awful and no one wanted to buy. Of course they didn't. You know, it's the same for sales. It's the same for marketing, but it's also the same whether you're dating, whether you want to become part of a football team or whatever it would be, you know, mm. there's, there's an element of you have to test, you have to try, you have to keep trying. And then eventually you hopefully get what you want to, or what you were hoping to get out of it, or you get something else or feedback as to how you can the next time. But I think that's something that's quite strange. And I think, again, I agree with you completely. Sometimes it's hard to talk about ourselves or to write about ourselves. We've just been mm. in the process of redoing all the team bios and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, we're all kind of helping to write each other so that that way, you know, you don't get that element. But I also think that today's lifestyle and especially with social media and online, there's a hundred ways to do it. You know, that you're not forced to write a That's big right. blog about yourself or have a long website that just talks and drones on about you and your experiences, <laughs> but you've got live video, you know, with an iPhone in your pocket or an Android like yourself, Gary. Um, but with a, <laughs> with a telephone, mobile phone in your pocket, a smartphone, you can connect to Facebook. You can live stream in high definition, broadcast quality and talk about yourself or talk about what you're doing or talk about what you're working with at the moment. You can use imagery to showcase where you are what you're doing and who you're working with or what sort of clients you're working with uh portfolio style you know don't focus on you mm. and who you are just focus on the work and how you've done it how it's helped and case studies and whatever else and i think this is why we've got a huge what i call like the biggest opportunity in the world right now with all these platforms um yes there's a lot of people out there and data privacy and one thing or another they don't like the big mm. platforms like facebook etc but ultimately it's the biggest tool right now for any small business, any solopreneur, any freelancer to be able to get themselves out there. And it's completely free of charge. I mean, this is amazing. It's free. It is true. I do agree. But just dialing back to personality for a sec, you know, the very nature of social is that ability to kind of communicate with people, get on with people. And people, you know, some people might be just good at their craft and less good at social aspects and you know it maybe intimidates them a bit i mean if i was 20 years younger and uh having i'd be all over social and i know there's kind of there's so much on there now that i just be kind of glued to my phone really and it's just working out what to do and when and using the time constructively as well which which goes back to kind of having a strategy and not just having, uh, like you say, all the tools at your disposal. But if you're doing it randomly, you're going to get snoozed on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever because you post the shit. Pardon my French. No, that's fine. We'll make sure we add the explicit one to this episode. Now it means I can swear if you have as well. Ah, <laughs> it'll be a floodgate. Don't go there. Chris. <laughs> no, but I, I completely agree. And this is the thing where, you know, we always talk about that strategy and, people kind of get stuck in, well, what if the strategy doesn't work? And you say, doesn't matter. It's a starting point. That's the whole mm -hmm. point of it. You know, the strategy document that you write for your business, for your brand, for your social media platforms, 
it's fluid. It's going to change. It's going to adapt. If it doesn't, Jesus. I mean, can you imagine having the same strategy running for five years when social media is rapidly changing every two minutes? Um, it'd, be, so, it'd be demoralizing if you didn't see results and you, for some inane, insane reason, stuck with it. Well, so this is something that pains me to say, but way too many businesses are doing that right now. Yeah. And it's a massive shame because it's, it, you fall into the churn, you fall into the, well, we have to post something. Um, and therefore you just go from, you know, trying to come up with creative or cool ideas to literally just hammering out 20% off today, 20% off tomorrow, 20% <laughs> off the next day. And after a while, people like that, I don't really care because I don't really know anything about you. I don't really know who you guys are. I don't know anything mm. about the product, the production, how it's made, what you guys are actually about. And I have no relationship with you. Yeah, it, I think it's tough for businesses to maybe know themselves. I mean, they, they know what they're producing. They know what their products or services are. But actually uh, giving it a voice, i.e. a tone of voice, or a visual identity is as important. So if you haven't got those kind of things nailed at the first hurdle, you're going to fall over. So, you know, if, you're, if you've got a staff or something else, you, you can talk the way everyone else does. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. It's going to boost productivity. But actually, where's the personality? Where's the brand behind it? And I think that is where any business of any side needs to dig a little deeper now because like you say being social at a business level also mean that it means giving your business like i say a personality that people can connect with and there are ways to do that yeah and so we had this conversation with a startup the other day uh from actually was when we did a presentation at we work labs and the guy literally asked me you know how do you find that brand tone guidelines you know that voice <laughs> And everything else, I said, okay, well, let's take a step back. I said, how many people in the company currently? And he was like, that me, I've just started. I was like, that perfect, done. You are the brand guidelines. <laughs> you are the brand voice. You know, exactly. talk the way you would normally talk because it's going to resonate then. If you start making mm. those touch points with people and then you meet with them afterwards, they're going to feel like it's the same person, that you're representing the company, the company represents you and the people that are going to become come after you sort of thing. And that becomes your tone of voice, your brand guidelines, and you do it how you would do it what feels naturally and then there's no effort involved you know it's just a case of you yeah. telling your story and that's that's the joy of social media and, and online marketing and digital marketing in general it doesn't matter how big or small you are pretty much all the mediums are the same whether you're a huge brand mm. and you spend millions of pounds on a great video campaign idea that then tanks or whether you're the one-man band who, who literally records a video in your studio at home or in your shop or in your restaurant or whatever it might be and literally that ends up going viral because people go, this is awesome. Like, I love this guy. I love how he comes across one thing or another. And then you take it from there. You know, people often forget that the, the biggest YouTubers out there, the people getting paid to create content every day and, and whatever else, they all started by literally sitting at home, chopping together a, a rough edit video. And if you look at these things, you'll see, you know, the first videos when they talk about them and they go back, they're not very good. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> But it's not yeah. a problem. It's all part of a process. And then they get better. They get more comfortable in front of the camera. The same thing be told for uh, for podcasting, even for myself. We've done loads of live videos, interviews, stuff like that in the past. But when I started doing the podcasting, you know, we had a different format. We, we do more sort of question and answers and stuff like that. You learn mm -hmm. from what you're doing and you put it out and you ask a few 
key people that you trust their opinions and stuff and you say what do you think how do you feel about this and even i did my own research to go into some of the biggest podcasters that i know and that i love listening to and i mm. went all the way back to their first ever episodes <laughs> and you start listening to them and you go wow okay right yeah this is definitely going to be a journey not just for for me but it has been for them as well and the same yeah. be told for for social media or for your online marketing it's, it's funny you mention that actually um Last night, I went back and listened to the very first Russell Brand uh, Under the Skin podcast. I've, di I've dipped in and out before, just on the nature of whoever the guest is. But I thought, you know what, I actually want to invest a bit of time in this because I'm really enjoying it. And listening to the first episode he did, he's more Russell Brand than he is uh, now. So I think he's found what he's offering, what, you know, the, what his interview style what he wants to say, he's still, there's, there's a bigger stand-up element in that first uh, episode and kind of comedy element that kind of weans its way out. So he's, he's finding himself in that very first episode and it feels a bit raw and unpolished. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still him. You still know what he's talking about. But it's, it's yeah, it's that uh, kind of gradual transition and journey. I, getting I think, better. Yeah, and I think that's true for anything we do. Um, you know, I'm sure you've met uh, freelancers or or small business owners and even bigger business owners. But where somebody will say to you, you know, I can't write, I can't uh, do videos, I can't talk, I can't be interviewed or whatever it yeah. is. And invariably, you know, most people can't do all these things from day one. Um, so, you know, accepting the fact that your first blog you write probably isn't going to become a best selling uh, movie or a book or anything else. And that's fine. But the actual process of starting thinking of ideas, what you want to talk about, how you want to present your business, whatever it might be, you slowly start building up these habits and you start doing it. And I think that's true for pretty much everything we do in life. But we seem to forget it online. We think just posting anything or, or everything is going to suddenly make a difference. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I've I've done a lot of kind of bread and butter uh, web copy refreshes and they're they're engaging for me. Uh, because I'm fresh to it, um, but nine times out of ten, it's well. We've had the website for X amount of years. We haven't done anything to it. And the conversation I always have is, "That's fine. I'll uh, I'll refresh it, put a bit of life back into it. You know, get a good brief off you, and then we'll work to whatever outcomes you want." But going beyond that, and then it's almost like the metaphorical eyes glaze over when I start talking about you know, your kind of outbound marketing and what's the new website going to be hosting and what you, what's going to be pumped out from there? What's the continuation? And, you know, not just a, I can do all that for you or with you, but um, I think a lot of SMEs and businesses still see uh, a website as the shop window, but you don't want it to be stuck in amber where the shop window doesn't change. You need to keep changing the stock, the look, the feel basically absolutely and so i use the shop front analogy quite a lot um and the only thing i change slightly about that is i always say when you first start your website your shop window is down a tiny little alleyway hidden away <laughs> past you know a, a dark forest and and whatever else <laughs> and it's going to take a while to get people there um but as you start to build and as your brand builds and as you have an audience and you have a community and everything else that goes around it then you end up, like you just said, you have this beautiful big shop window on Oxford Street 
Uh, and mm. if we've learned anything from shops and from anything that we see every day we go out, it's constantly being refreshed. Um, and I think the the page that I found the most obvious that we should keep up to date, and it's actually the one that 95% of companies really don't, is actually about us. Yeah, definitely. Who are you? Because when you wrote <laughs> it five years ago, you're not the same as you are today. Like, it, it's impossible. You know, things change, things develop, yeah. your product changes, your niche changes, whatever it might be. But this whole thing develops um, and we kind of forget about it. We think that it's kind of one and done. Didn't build my website. Now I just sit back and wait for people to, uh, to start buying or to send me loads of emails requesting my services and my work. Um, and you have to try and kind of remind people that's not the way it works. And there is no magic no. button to turn on the floodgates. No, to, I mean, to use a kind of B2B term or <laughs> it's a, Building an ecosystem, oh. web system. <laughs> we haven't had ecosystem said on this podcast for ages. Well, I don't think. I, I don't. I, I say it sincerely for its meaning, but for the word itself, I'd, I'd just do something a bit simpler. But I get what they say. Basically, your website uh, and all your marketing um, efforts are on social, above line, below line, all need to join up. And that's, that's what I understand by ecosystem is everything fitting together and including the people in your business as well. You know, if you're a bigger business, not to 50 or 50 more, your employees can be brand advocates. So it's not just down to uh, your marketing push. You know, that's the point of social is that you, your employees, if they're living your brand's dream, then they can be part of um, your output as well quite easily. In fact, I, something that we tell businesses again and again when we work with them um, if your team doesn't buy into what we're doing mm. uh, and to what we're pushing out there why would anybody else um, and it's amazing to see how many people are you know employed to a company for example they're on LinkedIn they're sharing content they're pushing stuff out they're involved in conversations and yet literally they some companies that we've worked with that the team members don't even follow the own com- their own company, like who they're working for to keep up to date with what's going on, or they don't share out that content. And when you're a smaller business, it's even more important. Um, so, you know, with only a few employees, you are the advocates, you are the people who are there. And for solopreneurs, you know, obviously the same thing again, use your own personal networks, use your own personal profiles to push the company uh, agenda, the company um, focus because there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, number one. And two, if you're not willing to promote yourself, why should anybody else? Yeah. I mean, going right back to the beginning, when you introduced, uh, we introduced each other, you know, I, I, um, I can tell that what you guys are doing uh, is exactly that. And having met you in real life as well, uh, met the whole team, is that you're, you're doing it really well, actually. And... I think the word you use was decentralized. And that's that's an even bigger kind of plus to take to people and to tell people. Say, look, we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. People are engaging with us. And the, these are the routes to it that would work for you. Uh, and again, it's for me, it's one of the biggest things that we try and get across to everyone. If you're going to talk or talk, you should walk the walk. <laughs> so, you know, saying... You and the guys are doing that, Chris. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I'm sure the guys will be happy to hear that as well. Um, but, but it is the idea, even for whether you're a freelancer, whether you're a solopreneur, whatever it might be, 
but especially if you're in the creative or the marketing kind of uh, mm. aspects or careers, you know, telling somebody else that they should blog three times a week because it's good for SEO, because it's good for them, because it's good for your audience, because it's good for whatever reason. And then literally having not updated your own uh, website, for example, oh. for a year. Oh, guilty. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, I mean, to be fair, though, again, it's I think from an agency point of view, it's even more foul play kind of thing because of the fact that it's literally your bread and butter. That's what you're charging other people for. That's what you, you yes. honestly believe is the game and the way that it should be played and content, content, content. Uh, you yeah. know, everyone always talks about this as content is king. We believe it's great content is king because that's Definitely. a really important aspect. It's got to be good. It's got to be a value to somebody out there. Um, and again, you know, practice what you preach. There's no point in, in sitting there saying, yep, yeah, I know exactly what we, we should do for you. And then actually from your own point of view, you go, yeah, I'm not going to bother doing any of those things. And it's something that I think freelancers can struggle with from what we've had these conversations from. And I think it's mainly because it's almost daunting, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. to, to kind of look at this huge spectrum of all the things that you should necessarily be doing. <laughs> um, and then actually in reality, you know, the honest truth is if, if you were just active as part of a community like you are, Gary, with uh, with the One Minute Briefs guys again, um, that's that's another invoice to Nick, by the way. Uh, every time yeah, I mention it now, I'm going <laughs> to start tallying it up. But it's true, though, because, again, it does give you access to this community. You are there and you do show up on a regular basis. You do know the other people. You do get involved in the networking events that go around it. And all of yeah. that, even in its own right, is a huge step towards getting yourself out there to getting known to having a good portfolio when people oh, ask you for it and when you connect with people you can say to them you know this is the sort of stuff that i do um and i think that's so important um yeah you're absolutely right i mean the, the referrals i've had through networking at different events um because i go out quite regularly is um you know cold warm hot but also just kind of meeting people having conversations and there's instances where you you may be kind of casually pitching yourself but then it turns out that um you meet someone else and then you refer them to someone else down the line so it's it's going beyond your own kind of products and services and the more you network the more people you have in your network that can help you when the time comes so whether it's creating awesome video or copywriting or design or something you know i, I could uh, package up um i could package up anything with any creative just because of the network i've built um like, like i say on linkedin and twitter etc and meeting people in real life so it, i think it's right you, you know you have to market yourself and that's a daunting bit but also networking the results of getting out and meeting people is really simply like going back to kind of bartering ages is uh helping each other and it's, um, yeah, it can be a real boost as well. Couldn't agree more. And one of the big things I'd say about that is, you know, if you never refer anybody else, then don't expect a huge amount of people to refer people to you all the time. Exactly. Um, it's got to be a two-way street. And the more people know within your network that that's what you do when you can't deal with something, when it's not your mm. speciality and you're bringing these other people in, one, your client respects you more. Um, so we're the first to say, that's not what we do. That's not what we specialize in. However, we can bring somebody in that can help you with that. Um, automatically gives you a level of trust stroke uh, authority within your domain 
And the fact that you're actually honest enough to say, no, we can't do that, or no, it's not mm. what we specialize in. It's not going to come out as well as if we brought in, say, yeah. a professional videographer or a professional studio or whatever it might be that we can do then to create something that's, that's going to be so much better. Um, and I think that's probably the, the, the really important thing as well, you know, not to be afraid because you just want some cash to come in. Uh, and I say this for businesses as well as for, for freelancers. Uh, it can be a struggle. You know, you do need to pay the bills at the end of every month. But if you start jumping into things for the sake of, of, of just that, I, I just need to get something in to, to pay the bills, the chances of getting more referrals after that and people talking about you in a very positive way, if you've done something that's, I don't want to say mm. half-assed, but you know, not to the best <laughs> of your possible ability because it's mm. not actually your speciality, it's actually going to negatively impact the business and what you're trying to do in the long term. Yeah, uh, that impact will, um, it will go further than probably some kind of positive actions you know that resonance uh, if something goes wrong it's it's the one time out of a hundred times you get something wrong whatever it is and that's what people remember unfortunately so yeah it, it's good to try and massage those situations so it works the best way for you and if that means putting your hand up and saying you can't do it and referring to someone else you'll probably feel relieved and you're giving someone else a shot at it as well absolutely Gary, listen, this has been awesome. Uh, where can people find you online? Very easy. Twitter, it's Gary's Copy. On LinkedIn, it's, uh, I think it's Gary Lewis, 1973. You'll see a little kind of uh, cartoony filtered avatar of me on LinkedIn, but you'll see Gary Does Copy on there as well. And uh, dip into my profile. And um, if you want to message me without spamming me, Go ahead, I'm all ears. That's the uh, the key thing there. If you want to message, please feel free to message. Message any of our guests. All of them have said this. <laughs> Just don't pitch them on number on round number one of messages. Start a conversation. I think all of my guests would appreciate that. Definitely, and I I, I always take it one step further. If they're in London or I can get to them, then it, I uh, not push, but I'd like to meet for a coffee face to face. Because I send a briefing doc out and that's fine. And sometimes, you know, I never meet my clients. But in all honesty, I find I get a lot more out of it and can dig a bit deeper into whatever's needed by doing it old school, face to face, meeting a person. Love it. Going old school, Gary. <laughs> Listen, Gary, thank you very much. We'll drop your links into the show notes as well. So if you do want to get in touch with Gary or you want to reach out and ask him any questions or uh, try and flog him something on your first message on LinkedIn, as I'm sure somebody will, um, then you can find everything on the website. Gary, thank you so much again. And uh, I look forward to catching up soon. Brilliant. It's been an absolute pleasure, Chris. Hi to the team and see you online. The All About Digital Marketing podcast is brought to you by Social Inc., a distributed digital marketing agency specialized in delivering results through online campaigns. Whether it's content marketing, social media marketing, online advertising, or web design, we've got you covered from strategy through to delivery. If you're struggling with your digital marketing, get in touch today by simply visiting www.socialinc.co.